Good morning, happy people. <laughs> As you've gathered, our theme for Christmas is joy, isn't it? Joy. I want to ask you this morning, what is your sound? What is your sound? You know, we hear a lot of sounds, don't we, around this time of Christmas. It's in the shopping mall, it's in Tesco now. They don't even play any music normally in there, but now they've got music going. It's on the TV, it's on the ads. It's all I want for Christmas is you, jingle bells, and oh, last Christmas I gave you my heart. It's, it's, it's all that sort of sound, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Have you noticed that we all carry a sound? Nonverbal communication is actually our purest form of language. There's this long-term study done, done in uh, 1967 by, I'll try and pronounce the names, Merebian, Wiener, and Ferris. And they did this whole study, and they came up with this uh, formula, and it's called the 5538 formula. And it's 55% of our communication is our body language. 38% is our tone of voice. And only 7 is actually our spoken word. Quite amazing, isn't it? So we carry a sound, a non-verbal sound, according to these stats. There are many of us sitting here in this room, or you might know of somebody who could carry that sort of heavy eeyore sort of sound. Now, don't look around, because we don't want to incriminate your neighbor. <laughs> but you might know somebody who carries that sort of sound. Some of us can walk in a room, and um, we become, it, they become larger than life. It's like the room becomes electrified. And some of us fill the room with drama. I, I thought I'd like to have a bit of a laugh, since it is about joy. I would like to have a bit of a laugh this morning. So what I've done is I've taken um, some music, about two minutes, and I've put different sounds together. And I want you to have a listen to those sounds. And I want you to think of a person that maybe you can identify with that sound, or might even be yourself. And um, also just bear in mind when you hear these sounds, what does it do to your mood? Okay, so we just play the first one. <laughs> anybody, anybody identify? I <laughs> should. Jaws, but who is that? Is there someone in your life when they walk in the room, that's them? <laughs> or is it you? <laughs> okay. We're going to play the rest, and you just have a listen. It's just two minutes, and see if you can put a name to that, that sound. Right.
love to be the last one. <laughs> Every day, all the time. <laughs> you were not the first one. No, drama woman. <laughs> but would you agree with me then that we are affected by the sound that people carry, aren't we? Yeah. But what should our sound really be like? The Bible says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if there's a heavenly sound, then what should our sounds be like? What should we be resonating like a heavenly sound? Um, Acts 2 gives us some indication of this. Acts 2, 2, 4, and 6 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Acts 2 talks about the sound that came from heaven. Um, in the Greek, the sound means echos, which we get the word echo from. See, Jesus had died and he'd risen and there was these 120 of his followers waiting in the upper room together on what we call the day of Pentecost. And there came the sound of a ru mighty rushing wind that filled the house. And then it filled every person in the house with this heavenly sound. And they started to speak differently. And they spoke a new language, and we call it tongues or speaking in the spirit. The sound of heaven began to resonate through them. They were all filled. They were equipped. They were inspired to speak in tongues by the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak new languages that they never ever learned. But at the same time that that was happening, there was these devout Jews that were living in the area in Jerusalem. And they heard the loud noise. They heard the sound that people were speaking. They heard these languages. And they came running and they were really bewildered. And how could they know our language? And they opened up, th this opened up the opportunity then for Peter to preach. He preached to 3,000 people because of the sound that drew these people. And they got saved. And they became followers of Jesus. We today here are privileged just like they are as followers of Jesus. We get to hear heavenly sounds in this place. And when you spend time with God, you get to hear a heavenly sound. But it's interesting in the story, isn't it? This was not about a sound staying in the house. God didn't intend for the sound to stay in the house. The sound was for outside the house too. It was echoed in their house to be echoed outside the house. The sound that they heard in the house was the Greek word echo. It's a heavenly sound. But then the sound that they spoke was the word phono, which apart from meaning a sound or a tone, a voice, language, it means to shine. It means to make clear, to shine light. The sound that they heard outside the house was God giving the people outside the house miraculous interpretation and understanding 
of the wonderful works of Jesus because that's what they heard. They heard those people speaking miraculous wonders of God, if you read in Acts. So they, those people outside the house got miracle hearing. The world is unable to hear the sound that's in this house today. They're not here. But they can hear your sound outside the house. But if we don't make a sound to the world outside, they may never hear our sound. They may, they may never hear the wonders of God. And your sound influences the people around you. Thing is, you are the sound. When, when meeting with other people over this Christmas season, there could be work, work colleagues, friends, family that you're going to encounter. We all make various sounds, and they carry sound as well. And over the Christmas time, I think, when we come together as family and friends, the, these sounds are amplified. And as followers of Christ, we need to be carrying the right kind of sound if we want to impact or if we want to shine or echo the goodness of God and draw more people to him. I'm going to show you a clip. Um, I'll put my hand up, I stole it. It was a, a clip uh, that Charlotte Gamble took, a video clip in Kenya when she was out there just recently. Um, and just for the video, I'm going to tell you what it's, what's happening. So the video starts in, in a game reserve where there's this lion eating what's left over of a kill. And as he retreats from the kill, these vultures just flock in and start to attack the carcass. He turns around and the, the vultures just scatter. And then he turns again and they all come back to the carcass. He turns back to them, they scatter, and then he leaves and walks away. So I'm going to play the clip for you so you can see. Amazing. Makes me miss home. I love the park, the Kruger Park. It's amazing to see animals. I'm going to play a bit of a game here. Does anybody know what vultures resting on the ground is called or in trees? Any, any English boffs here? Do you know what they're called? No? A committee. <laughs> a committee. See, vultures, they're scavengers, and that means they eat dead animals, don't they? When prey is abundant, they eat until their crops literally bulge, and they sit in this almost half-torpid state to digest the food. Uh, anybody know what a group of vultures is called that's eating the prey, feeding? No? No? It's awake. So vultures feeding is called awake. And you know what awake is. It's a vigil held beside a body of somebody who's died. And it's been known, this is really disgusting, it's been known for vultures to actually vomit when they're threatened or approached. And they do this because they want to lighten up their stomach load so that they can fly off. The, the vomited meal is actually to distract um, allowing the bird to escape. So, what's this got to do with sound? Well, have you ever encountered the sound of people who are like vultures, who are only interested in death, 
and negativity. And they do gather like a committee, giving off the sound of no hope for the future, only repeating what's bad and sad and, and sad news. Or have you ever met up with a wake of vultures who've got their heads really stuck in to the death situations and they're feeding off the gossip and swapping the pain and the sickness stories and eating up the discouragement of fear and they're tearing in to the faults and failures of others. You may even encounter those who have fed themselves with so much death that they are now lifeless, stagnant in this very dull state. And you know, when you try to confront that death situation, have you ever found yourself vomited on by the death? Um, Pastor Andrew always calls it, you've been slammed. Have you encountered those type of vulture situations? Well, you see, the lion, on the other hand, he, he's totally different. He carries a totally different sound. Lions are very distinguished animals. And the lion symbolizes royalty and the, the phrase of being king of the jungle because he has power, he has strength and bravery and, and he's fierce. And the lion walks into death situations like with those, that wake of vultures and they scatter because of the sound he carries. See, lions don't hang around death or decay. They, they win battles and they take victories. They don't hang around death. In Matthew 1 and Luke 3, Jesus is described as this member of the tribe of Judah in the lineage of David. And Jesus is also called the lion of the tribe of Judah in Revelation 5.5. 5. Judah is derived from the meaning of thanksgiving, praise. It's a joyful sound. Jesus belongs to the tribe of praise, thanksgiving. It's royalty. He's the king of kings. He's destroyed the works of the devil. And how did he do it? By overcoming evil with good. Romans says it like this for us. Don't be overcome with evil. Those vultures, don't be overcome with them but overcome evil with good. Being followers of Jesus, we now belong to this tribe of Judah, the family of God. In Judges, there's a story, Judges 1 and 20, and it gives us some indication of how do we go into battle with those type of vultures? What, 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 what is the way that we deal with them? Joshua had just died, and it came to pass, and the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, so who shall be first to go up against the Canaanites? So they had some vultures to go up against. And they asked the Lord, they say, so how do we deal with this? And the Lord answered, the tribe of Judah has to go first. Judah, the sound of a grateful heart, a thankful heart is what will overcome the death situations that we face. It's a joyful sound. And then further on in Judges 19, we read about, this Benjamite tribe. Now the Benjamites were part of Israel. You could say they were cousins. They were family. But they had totally gone off the rails. They were committing terrible acts of rape and murder. And sadly, the Benjamite tribe had gone off the rails. We too, we don't only just face 
the sounds of the enemies outside. We face our own family can have negativity. People that we live with have negativity inside of them. And not only that, we have struggles with our own enemy. How do we deal with that? So in Judges 20, verse 18, this is what they did. They came again, the children of Israel. They said, well, we're going to ask the Lord, how do we battle against the Benjamite tribe? These are our family. This is the enemy. How do I deal with that on me? And again, what did God say? Judah needs to go first into battle. Judah must go first. It's, it's praise. It's joy. That's what will bring down the enemy, the negativity in our family on the inside of us. It's joy first. Do you know Jesus was the offspring of the tribe of Judah? Jesus was the offspring of the tribe of Judah. So when we change that sound on the inside of us to praise and the goodness of our God and what he's done, and we bring grateful and thankful hearts, what would the offspring be? It will be Jesus. It will be a change of atmosphere. It will be presence of the Holy Spirit. It will be salvation. Just like what took place in the book of Acts. So what is the sound of heaven? What is the kingdom of God's sound? Let's have a look in Romans 14. The kingdom of God, see Christmas time, it's not eating, it's not drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved and respected by men. So it's, I'm going to focus today on the joy part. As followers of Jesus, we are born to make a joyful noise. If we are in his lineage, the tribe of Judah, we were born to make a joyful noise. A beautiful sound to the people around us. Chasing away the sound of death, chasing away those vultures, we overcome death and negativity by joy. Corinthians tells us, everywhere we go, people breathe in the exquisite fragrance because of Christ, Christ in us. We give off the sweet scent rising to God, which, rec which is recognized by those of salvation, an aroma redolent with life. Wow. When we walk in the room, we, we could be like that lion and the death needs to go because of the scent that we're carrying, because of the fragrance that we're carrying. Sarah, Abram's wife, she was an example of this. God had given her her promised son after a very long time. She was 90 years old, and Abraham was 100. And this is what she declared. When, when Isaac was just eight years old, she said, God has brought me laughter, and all who hear about this will laugh with me. God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Are we like that? Do we, does God do things in our life, and then people we laugh because of the goodness of God, and then people laugh with us? Our sound is very important. Our sound is it will echo what's on the inside of you. Your fragrance is a scent that you wear. It's a song that you give off. 
it influences others. Bill Johnson put it this way, your shadow will always release what overshadows you. Is the lion of the tribe of Judah overshadowing you with rejoicing? He's singing over us. Are we singing back? Are we echoing what's on the inside of us? Joy, it brings healing to the body and the soul. A cheerful heart fills the day with song. People only do what they believe. So if you don't really believe that a good sound will influence, you will quickly conform to what's going on in the room. You will start to participate and be drawn into it. You have to believe in the influence of the joy that you carry and be intentional and and bring that sound to everywhere where you go. Joy will affect your behavior, your speech, and your thoughts. Actually, that's the wrong way around. Joy will affect your thoughts, then your speech, and then your behavior. It starts in here, whether you feel like it or not. You have to tell yourself, he's done so much for me. I have have to have joy for what he's done for me. How can I be sad? You carry a sound and can influence your environment. The vultures surrounding you will find it very hard to resist if you're happy. Make an impact in the atmosphere in your circle of influence. Become, Become this ambassador for joy to your world. Psalm 126.2 in the Passion says, We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations saw it and joined in saying, The Lord has done great miracles for them. We've done miracles for months. You've heard of miracles. Whether you have one of your own or not, you have one to share that can be told to somebody else. They can enjoy the miracle with you. They can start singing. They can start laughing because of what God has done. This Christmas, and even next week Thursday, is a challenge for all of us for the election day, isn't it? And you might be found in a death circumstance. You may walk into a room filled with death or sit at a dinner table with death conversations. But this is an opportunity for you to release an exquisite fragrance, a shadow, a sound of joy, to echo what heaven has echoed into your heart, to sound joy because of the marvelous things that he's done for you, because you're a child of God and because he never leaves you. He doesn't have to do another thing. He's made you his child, and he never will leave you. Have you ever been outside a church and seen that there's a wedding going on, and the bridal party's arriving outside the church, and you stop? You can't help it. You can't, well, I'll speak for myself. I can't resist. I want to have a look at the dress. I want to see the happy smiles. I want to even peek in the door and hear the music and, and the joyful time that they're having. It's so happy. It's so, the experience, the, the romance, and it's such a happy moment. Do you know that we've all been dressed by God in salvation? 
in righteousness. He's clothed us with joy as the bride of Christ. Look at Isaiah. I will sing and greatly rejoice in Yahweh God. My whole being vibrates with shouts of joy in my God. He has dressed me with salvation. He's wrapped me in his robe of righteousness. And I appear like a bridegroom on his wedding day, decked out with a beautiful sash, or like a radiant bride adorned with sparkling jewels. When you go into those situations, you're, like, you're the bride of Christ. You shine. You vibrate with sounds of joy. You should be rejoicing. Psalm 30.11 says, You've turned all that mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away the clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. So what is your sound? What is your sound when you go into Christmas? What is your sound when you go into Thursday next week? What will you sound like? Let's see. This Christmas, let's release a sound of joy. Let's be like those brides and bridegrooms. It's both. Have you noticed in Isaiah? It's both. Brides, bridegroom, men, women, all alike. We do, no excuses. We'll be turning heads because we're wearing joy. We'll be like those bride and bridegroom. We'll be turning heads. How come they're so happy? How come they're okay? What's that sound I hear of happiness? You may be the only sound of joy echoed outside this house. Don't you want to be that sound? We're going to take communion. And I want us to reflect a little bit about our sound. It's a time where you can come to God and say, I'm sorry I've messed up. We all do. We all get ratty. And we all say the wrong things and carry the wrong sound. But you can come again and say, Lord, I want to be clothed in joy. I want to carry a good sound this Christmas, not just for Christmas, forever. I want to look like your bride. And we're going to think about who gave us this joy. Why do, we, why do we even get this joy? And why it's important for us to carry it into our world. And we're going to take communion. And as they do, just have a think about your sound. <laughs>